Welcome to True Spirituality Network. We are focused on spreading the gospel of God's love across the world. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out every fear. As you feed on God's love for you, allow His love to cast out every fear, worry, and anxiety. God loves you. Psalms chapter 103. Psalms chapter 103. And it's a very popular place in the scripture. Um, from verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let me read KJV. I have NLT in front of me, but I could quote it off. But let me just read KJV. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms 103, King James Version, from verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And verse 3 will say, He who forgives all thy iniquities, who heals all thy diseases. And NLT of the same version, verse 3, will say, um, He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. So over and over, this particular psalm, mostly um, Psalm 103, verse 1 and verse 2, is the psalm that people use a lot to sing. There's this popular song that says, Bless the Lord, O Master. So people know, this particular song for verse 1 and verse 2. But, you know, in context, when the Bible says, forget not his benefits, then we should start from verse 3. What are the benefits? Bible in context. The Bible says, forget not his benefits. What benefit is David talking about? Is he talking about the fact that, well, when I'm eating, the food did not go to the wrong channel? Or is he talking about the fact that, well, as I'm crossing the road, the bicycle man or the car man did not eat me. Is that the benefit he's talking about? But when we kept reading in context, Bible in context, after in verse 2 he said, forget not his benefit, then verse 3 starts by saying, he forgives all my sins. Another chapter we say, forgive all thine iniquities. So we began to realize that forgiveness of sins was one of the major things David was thanking God and telling God that his soul should bless God about. The forgiveness of sins is the gospel. In fact, it is the crux of the gospel. The reason why Jesus died or why he came in the first place is to take away the sins of the world. Why is that so? Because the blood of bulls and goats in the old covenant could not take away sins. The book of Hebrews make us understand this. The blood of bulls and goats could not take away sins. It could only cover sins for the next one year. The blood of bulls and goats could not wash away your sins. It could only cover your sins for the next one year. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 1. The Bible says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not a very image of the things, 
can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commas therefore perfect for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should have no to have had no more consciousness of sins what is he talking about he's talking about the fact that the sacrifices in the whole covenant could not make the worshippers perfect he could not even cleanse them from the consciousness of sins and if you read verse 3 it says but in those sacrifices talking about the whole covenant sacrifices where the sacrifice is about the sacrifice of blood of bulls and goats the bible says in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year they are always reminded of their sins their sin consciousness they are reminded of their sins and then verse 4 we say for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins so under the old covenant the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sins the blood of bulls and animals and goats could not take away your sins the blood of bulls and goats could not take away your sins this was why we needed a savior that is going to take our sins once and for all and the savior has to be a sinless a blameless person the same way the animal offered in the old covenant has to be a blameless and a spotless animal so when the blood of bulls and goats could not take away our sin the bible says according to hebrews chapter 10 that we just read it could only cover sins however it there's a reminder of sins under the old covenant they are always reminded every year about their sins they are always reminded about their sins and they are never sanctified they are never made perfect based on those sacrifices if you keep reading if you come to verse 12 for example of that same hebrews the bible will say but this man talking about jesus after he has offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down at the right hand of god jesus offered one sacrifice for sin in the old covenant they had to offer sacrifice for sins every year jesus offered sacrifice for sins according to hebrews chapter 10 verse 12 the Bible says this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down at the right hand of God. One sacrifice for sins. Jesus is not going to make any sacrifice for sin again. So when that happened, what, what is the effect? Verse 14, Hebrews chapter 10. For by one offering, he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. If you jump to verse 17, and their sins and iniquity will I remember no more. So the effect of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus has brought upon us what they call total forgiveness of sins. It has brought upon us what they call perfection. We are now made perfect. He has died for our sins once and for all. Jesus will not die again. Why are you reading all of those things? Because if you go back to Psalms 103, the Bible says, He forgives all my sins. One of the things you should understand as a believer is that you have the gift of total forgiveness of sin. Your sins are not forgiven partially. You are not treading on eggshells. You are not forgiven until your next mistake. You are completely forgiven. Listen, in the past, present, and future sins have been forgiven. One more time, your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins has been forgiven. One more time, your past sins, your sins in the present, and your future sins has been forgiven. 
one of the things the enemy doesn't want you to understand is what they call total forgiveness of sin. Why? The enemy wants you to feel as if you only have partial forgiveness of sin. So he wants you to feel as if, well, you have forgiven all your sins in the past, but now you are treading on eggshell. No. If you feel as if you have partial forgiveness, again, you still live under insecurity, doubt, and sin consciousness. That is not the will of God for you. You are completely forgiven. Psalms 103 verse 3 just said that. We just read it right now. He said, he will forgive all thy sins and all thy iniquities. Jesus has forgiven all your sins, past, present, and future. Why would you say, why would you say forgive my future sins? Because you are not 2,000 years old. When Jesus died, he died in your past. And if he died over 2,000 years ago and his blood and sacrifice could forgive your sin, he's still working, you are still receiving forgiveness now. Then he died for your future sin. One thing the, the, the enemy doesn't want you to understand this truth. You are completely forgiven. If you don't know you are completely forgiven, you, you won't know whether you are holy, you won't know whether you're righteous, because you'll be basing your righteousness based on what you do instead of who you are. Your righteous identity, your holiness status is based on who you are, because you have been set apart. The Bible calls in first Corinthians chapter one, verse 30. The Bible says Christ has been made unto us righteousness, holiness, wisdom. So Christ is the holiness or is the righteousness nature, is the right, is the person of the righteousness on your in, in your life. If that if that's the best way to put it, he is that person that made you righteous. As long as he is in your life, your identity can never change. And the good news is he said he will never leave nor forsake us. So you are forever righteous because Christ lives in you forever. You have the Holy Spirit, so you've been made holy. It is an insult to the Holy Spirit when you house him on your inside and you are still saying, Lord, I just want to be holy. Then get born again if you want to be holy. If you have anybody who is trying to be holy, tell them, get born again. It is unto you when you know that you have the Holy Spirit, so you are now, you've been made. We are made. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. I'm giving you reference. Christ has been made unto us holiness. He has been made unto you righteousness. It is not a futuristic thing. You are not trying to become it. You are already made righteous. You are already made holy. This is the only way you can ask live from the inside out. Because so now that you are made righteous, then you are empowered to live right. Now that you are made holy already, not a futuristic thing, then you cannot live from the inside out. So I can call you holy brethren. I can call you saints. And I'm not exaggerated because you are the saint of god you are the holy one of god you are the righteousness of god that is how god sees you and it's important we see ourselves the same way god sees us but you have to understand complete forgiveness of sins you are not forgiven partially because jesus did not die partially you are forgiven completely because jesus was nailed to that cross in fact if your sins were not completely forgiven jesus died in vain did, did you understand what i just said if your sins were not completely forgiven, then Jesus died in vain. But all your sins are forgiven. So when we preach like this, Yinka, are, are you now saying people can do what they like if, if all of their sins are forgiven? No, you are hearing what I'm not saying. You see, people always think, well, Yinka, if you tell people all their sins are completely forgiven, they will do whatever they like, and they will not serve God again. They will not come to church. They will not do this they will not do that let me show you what the scripture says that is what you think well let me show you what the scripture says let me show you psalms 130 
Psalms 130. Don't forget, we'll be reading in Psalm 103 where he says, All your sins are forgiven. He will forgive all my sins. But Psalm 130 says something. Psalms 130. I'm going to show you verse 2 and verse 3. Psalms chapter 130, verse 2. The Bible says, Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. Verse 3. The Bible says, Listen, everybody, Lord. If you kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? Verse 4. But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. KJV will say, Lord, if, if you, Lord, should mark iniquity, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. The Bible says, when you know, listen, in context, it says, Lord, if you count our sins, there's nobody that can stand. But with you, there's forgiveness of sin so that we can fear you. People think when people know that they are completely forgiven past, present, and future, people think, well, they will no longer fear God. They will no longer respect God. No way. I don't know how you even accommodate that teaching. <laughs> when you understand you are forgiven past, present, and future, you have the new covenant reference and fear of God. Not the old covenant slavish fear of God. Not the fearful expectation of judgment kind of fear of God. You respect God. In fact, you love, in fact, Jesus said in the New Testament, Jesus says in Luke chapter 7, he who is forgiven much, loves much. Luke chapter 7 verse 47, I believe. When you know how much you are forgiven, you end up loving God very much. I personally think the reason why people are doing what they like is because they don't even know they are completely forgiven. Because when you know you are completely forgiven, another brighter to look at it is it helps your relationship with God. It makes you understand that you can come boldly to the throne of grace any single time. It makes you know that no matter what may happen in your life, God is the one you have to run towards. No matter what happens, you are not trying to hide away from God. You are not trying to run away from God because you know you are completely forgiven. Even when you do something wrong, you can say, Lord, thank you because this particular sin has been paid for. So thank you because I am still righteous by faith. I am still the righteousness of God. So God wants you to live a life whereby you are no longer sin conscious, but you are Jesus conscious. You are forgiveness conscious because Jesus has done for us what we could never do for ourselves. It's important we amplify what he has done. When we preach total forgiveness of sins, we are not encouraging people to do whatever they like. In fact, rather, we are magnifying and appreciating the fact that somebody bled, shed his blood, came to this world, and suffered for us to have this forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins was a price that was paid for you and for me. If I'm not preaching it to you, then I'm for a start. I'm not appreciating the blood that was shed. And I want to appreciate the blood of Jesus that was shed. You know, if he paid for it, I want to tell you that it has been paid for. I don't want to tell you you are forgiven partially because Jesus did not die partially. He died for you. All his blood is shed for you so that you can have forgiveness of sins. So people have this insecurity about don't tell people they are completely forgiven if they know. They, no way. I don't know how you have to hide the truth from God's people. But in God now, now that you say, well, we are forgiven, we are under new covenant, can we not keep on doing anything we like? Let me show you Romans chapter 6, now that you ask. <laughs> now that you just ask. Romans chapter 6, people use this verse a lot. They say, well, you can, can we not keep on sinning now? 
Now that you see we are under the grace. Not, no, let me hear what Romans 6, chapter 6 says. Because everybody knows Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Not everybody knows Romans chapter 6, verse 2. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What then shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Verse 2 says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer daring? Believers need to be taught that this issue of sin, they died to sin. Why? Because, we, in fact, let me show you scriptural answer. Let me show you verse 3. Verse 3 will blow your mind. Know ye not that so many of us, as we are baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? What does that mean? Verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, that as like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. When Christ died and was buried, it's a picture of all of us as well. We were in him, we died to sin. Because when the death of Jesus speaks about the forgiveness of our sins. He died because he was carrying our sins. He nailed our sins to the cross. Not just your past sin. See, let me tell you something. It is useless if Jesus would have take, just come and die for your past sin. In the old covenant, before Jesus died, their sins were always covered for the next one year. When they do animal sacrifice, their sins are covered for the next one year with animal sacrifice, blood of bulls and goats. Their sins are covered for the next one year. Do, do, do you understand what I just said? Their sins are covered for the next one year with blood of bulls and goats. How much more the blood of Jesus, priceless blood of Jesus. So today, when you get born again, if you have a good teacher to teach you, you received forgiveness. In fact, at salvation, you received forgiveness. You receive what they call total, complete forgiveness. So when you start your Christian journey, when you walk, when you fall into sin, the believer does not continue in sin. Romans chapter 6 tells us that. It says, how shall we? We die to sin. We die to sin. We are no longer alive to sin. We are alive to the righteousness of God. We are no longer alive to sin. I wish preachers are making God's people know that they are dead to sin. The, the irony is there are still preachers out there that are making believers feel as if they are alive to sin. And the moment somebody starts making you conscious and making people as if you are alive to sin, you end up sinning the more. But if you are born again, your nature has changed. You are no longer a sinner. But you can fell into sin. You can fall into sin, but you will not continue to actively live in sin. Why? Because that is not your nature anymore. Your, your appetite will change. What you want to do will change. But you can't yield to temptation. You could yield to temptation. <laughs> you know, there's this example people always use that, you know, you, a, a, a pig, when it falls into a mud, is comfortable. When a sheep falls into a mud, it's not comfortable. Your nature has changed. So when you fall into sin, that is not you. That is why you feel bad about, about it when you fall into sin because your nature has changed. That is why you, your appetite, the way you want to live your life, you want to live your life in a way pleasing to God. You want to go to church, worship God, spend time with God, study your Bible, pray. Why? Because your, your desire has changed. Before you were born again, your desire were after the things of the world. Now that you're born again, your desire is after the things of the Lord. You, are, you died to sin. You are alive to the righteousness of God. So one of the things you should know that after that is when you, when you get born again and when you, in your walk with God, even when you fall into sin, you are still righteous. I wish people are telling you this truth. Because the moment you don't know you are still righteous, even when you fail, again, you are beginning to believe the gospel of works. 
you were not saved by your works in the first place. You were saved by grace, through faith. Jesus saved you because you put your faith in him. So you received forgiveness and salvation. So when you fall into sin, you say, Father, I thank you because this sin has been paid for. I am still righteous. Jesus also paid for this particular sin. Ironically, believers do what they call sin consciousness. So every Sunday morning before they pray in church, they say, let us ask for forgiveness of our sins. All the sins that will not make God answer your prayer. When you talk like that, you are ignoring the fact that Jesus died and he nailed all your sins to the cross. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You are forgiven according to the riches of God's grace. You are not forgiven until your next sin. You are not forgiven until the next Sunday service. You are completely forgiven, past, present, and future. And until you understand this, your relationship with God will always have what they call insecurity. You won't have what they call full assurance of faith. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says, In him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. The Bible says, And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, are he quickened up together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. When the Bible uses the word all, English language, all your sins. Don't let religion tell you, well, it's not really all. Religion always likes to sow what they call doubt into relationships. They want you to doubt your relationship with God. Religion wants you to feel as well, are you sure God really loves you? Are you really sure you are really righteous? Are you really sure you are completely forgiven? Because all of those doubts, religion always put the emphasis of your work with God based on you. Christianity pays the, in fact, it's called Christ. Listen, Christianity, Christ, Hanity. Christ is the factor that determines whether you're a Christian or not. Not you. Christ is the main factor. is the center of focus. So as long as your relationship with God is based on Christ, you can rest. But religion wants you to put it on you. Today, you are not righteous because of what you do. You are righteous because of what Christ has done. If anybody is preaching a gospel and they are not pointing into Christ, they are preaching another gospel. If Christ is the center focus, because he died, your sins are forgiven. Romans 4.25, the Bible says he was delivered for the forgiveness of our sins and God raised him from the dead for our justification. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since you have been justified by faith, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 2, the Bible says, By whom we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It blessed are you when you know your sins are completely forgiven. Let me wrap up on this note. When I got born again, I didn't have anybody to teach me what you're hearing now. I, have, I thought that God was forgiving me based on how I confess my sins. That was what I thought. So I made confessing my sin an habit. I believe, Lord, I'm sorry. Now, even when I didn't do anything wrong, every single time I'm like, God, I'm sorry. The sin I know. The sin I don't do. Father, forgive me. Forgive me. So I thought I was forgiven based on how I confess my sins. So on Sunday morning, in fact, before I leave the house for church, I say, Lord, I'm going to church today. Forgive me my sin. Anything that will not make you um, answer my prayer, forgive me. When I get to church, they will raise it as a consensus prayer. Every sin, every sin. So I was so sin conscious, I wasn't even enjoying relationship with God. Because anytime I'm in presence of God, I'm always talking sin. I was that sin conscious. I've not done anything. I'm like, God, should in case I've done anything. So I didn't, I didn't have 
what they call a good relationship. I didn't have full assurance of faith. I was always scared. I was insecure. Because even when I pray, I'm not sure that God has answered the prayer. Because I'm like, I don't know which sin I must have committed. I don't know if God has even fully for, forgiven me. So I never had full assurance of faith as far as forgiveness is concerned. And it affected every other area of my life. I couldn't pray for the sick. Because even I don't know my sins are forgiven. I'm not sure that God will answer me. I would not be convinced that if I pray for the sick, God will answer my prayer. Do you know what I'm talking about? I couldn't praise God or worship God in spirit and in truth. Why? Because if, if I'm not sure that God has forgiven my sin, I would like to be sure whether God will even accept my praise. When I'm worshiping God and I say, so I lift up holy hands, the enemy throws thought into your heart. Are you really sure you are holy? Why would you say you are holy? When, and, and that's true because I don't know my sins are totally forgiven. So I never knew I was holy. I never knew I was righteous. I never knew whether, I don't know even how God thinks about me. I don't know how he feels about me because I don't have full assurance of faith when it comes to forgiveness of sins. The time when I understood my sins were completely forgiven, past, present, and future, it changed everything. It made me worship God in spirit and in truth. Because now I know I am holy because of what Christ has done. I know I am not trying to become holy. I have been made holy. Christ is Christ has been made unto us holiness. So when I worship God in spirit and in truth, I say, Lord, I lift up holy hands. I don't have insecurity because I know my hands have been made holy. Again, why are we holy today? Why are we righteous today? believer we are righteous not because we do everything right we are righteous because of what christ has done again the center focus of christianity is christ not you religion wants you to think it is you so that you can have insecurity with your relationship with god christianity is all about jesus it's not about you it's all about him so don't be self-righteous don't put your sense the, the focus of your relationship with god on you so when I understood I was forgiven the past and the future, I could pray for the sick. I was no longer scared. I know, I know God, in fact, now I know God must answer my prayer because he answers prayer. If he could die for me, if he could give me Jesus, he wants to answer all my prayer points. Do you understand what I just said? I began to know the value of the price that was paid for my sins. So I know if God could go to that extent of sending just to become like one of us 30 years on earth, he paid for my sins, he suffered, he was bruised, he was, he was condemned, he, was, he, he went through everything for me. What do I need from God that God will not do? And that's what Romans 8 will say. He said, if he could freely give us Jesus, if he could freely give us his son, how much more will he not freely give us all things? So it made me have confidence, boldness to approach God. I just want to worship him. I want to thank him for forgiveness of sin. Mutually, when I even make this, or when I fall, I'm like, God, I thank you because this particular sin has been paid for. Or else, when you think, you know, as at that time, they taught us that your relationship with God is like you are climbing a ladder. So they said, like, well, you are climbing a ladder. So when, well, let's say when you fall into sin or when you yield to temptation, you fall down, you start again from the scratch. <laughs> you know, religion gives you a lot of insecurity. Any teaching that gives you insecurity, that makes you doubt something, is not from God. Religion wants you, wants you to doubt your relationship with God. They want you to doubt your relationship with the people around you. Religion always put doubt, seed of doubt, in everything you do. But my point is, in, in Christianity, we don't doubt. We have boldness. We have what they call full assurance of faith. So your sins are completely forgiven. Completely. Past. If you're born again. If you're born again, you are completely to live a life whereby you're conscious of the love of God for you. You are conscious of what God is doing for you. Until you even understand this truth, you can't begin to enjoy the, the, the things, the provision made, made available for you in Christ Jesus. 
because in Christ Jesus, there's a gift of no condemnation. If you don't know your sins are completely forgiven, you'll be the one condemning yourself. You don't need the devil to be condemning you. Even you yourself will be the one condemning yourself. <laughs> you know, the story of Job, if you read the book of Job, I made a series on the book of Job. You can go and listen to it. It's on life for free. The whole chapters of Job. The, the devil was mentioned in just, I think either chapter 1 or chapter 1 and chapter 2. Um, I think just chapter 1 in the book of Job. And then you never hear the devil be mentioned again. Why? Because when Job fell into trial, Job had three friends that came around. And then those three friends played different roles of condemning Job. So the moment they came into the picture, there was no need for the devil again. <laughs> because the friends of Job were doing the work of the devil. They were condemning him. They were, they were just making him feel down, feel discouraged, condemnation, and all of those stuff. The moment you start condemning yourself, you don't need the devil again. And when you now have a preacher who doesn't understand the grace of God, who doesn't understand total forgiveness of sin, the sinner will be the one, um, the pastor or the preacher will be the one condemning you every Sunday morning. So you don't need the devil again. <laughs> you know, the devil cannot be in too many places at the same time. He's only one place at the one. So if he's in Canada, it's not in Nigeria. If he's in Nigeria, it's not in Canada. My point is the moment you have a voice condemning you, you don't need the devil again. So you need to understand God has given you the gift of no condemnation. When you don't know you are completely forgiven, you will think the Holy Spirit is the one telling you, you have done this again. You have done that again. You will even attribute the... <laughs> you will think the Holy Spirit is the accuser of the brethren. You will, you will think like that because you already have the wrong... Your thinking is wrong about the forgiveness of sin. But when you know you are completely forgiven, you know that the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life is positive. The Holy Spirit is not the one that tells you, you've done this wrong. You call yourself a believer and you've done this. And you call yourself a Christian. That's not the Holy Spirit telling you. That's not the Holy Spirit. You never find the Holy Spirit do anything like that. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life is positive. Now that I'm ready, I'll read one last verse and wrap it up. Is that okay? Let's wrap this up on one verse. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. The book of Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to read again just one, one more piece of the scripture. I'm going to read from verse 15 to verse 17. I made a teaching on this, by the way. If you want to listen to a teaching like this, the title is The Spirit of Witness. The Spirit of Witness. But you can listen to it later on. But let me read from verse 15. The Bible says, Well, the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that which he said before. So the Bible says, The Holy Spirit is a witness to us. The Holy Spirit that lives on your inside, that will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says, I will send the Comforter, I will be with you forever. The Bible says, He is a witness to us. There is something the Holy Spirit should be witnessing to you as a believer. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit should be witnessing one particular thing to you. I want to show you that thing. So I can see what the scripture says about the Holy Spirit. Listen, verse 16. This is the covenant I'll make with them after those days, said the Lord, I'll put my laws in their heart and in their minds will I write them. Verse 17. And their sins and iniquity I'll remember no more. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16, that the Holy Spirit will bear witness concerning something. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17, it makes us understand that he says, your sins and your iniquity, I will remember no more. That you have the Holy Spirit on your inside, the Holy Spirit should be reminding you that God does not remember your sin. Do, do you understand what I just said? The Holy Spirit should be a witness that you are completely forgiven. The Holy Spirit should be a witness that all your sins are forgiven. This is what the Bible says, that God does not remember your sin. So when you want to pray, it is not God. The sin I know, the sin I don't know. You know, you are still sin conscious. The Holy Spirit should be reminded that God does not remember your sins. You can come boldly. I see nothing happen. Why? Because Jesus paid for it. 
because you're like you know, if you say that are you telling me i should ignore my sin i'm trying to tell you somebody paid for your sins so the more you have preachers telling you somebody paid for it the less you 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 amplify or the less you get sin conscious the moment you forgot it that somebody paid for your sins you only it makes you sin conscious so somebody has to remind you the price has been paid you are one with god now your sins are forgiven why because it was paid for this is not just well he doesn't want people to acclaim their sins somebody paid for your sins we we should not we should not just take the death of jesus we just world he died no 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 he paid for your sins so you acknowledging your sins are forgiven is you saying lord i believe you died for my sins you not believing that your sins are completely forgiven is you ignoring the death of jesus that, that's what it means don't ignore the death of jesus that's why we appreciate and we embrace the total forgiveness Bible says the Holy Spirit should bear witness about these things in your heart. So the Holy Spirit is not the one that tells you you've done something wrong. He's not the one that tells you, you see, you call yourself a believer. No, that is not the Holy Spirit. He's the one that tells you your sins is, is, are forgiven. That seed has been forgiven. That one has been forgiven. God does not remember your sins anymore. And if God does not remember your sins, stop remembering your sins. And stop reminding God the sins he doesn't remember. Live in the liberty, in the freedom. That, that came through the blood of Jesus. That's why people don't understand when the Bible says, well, the Spirit of the Lord is there's liberty. They don't understand what it means. People don't understand the liberty is talking about. You have liberty in Christ. You are not bound again by guilt and condemnation. Why? Because somebody took your condemnation on the cross. His name is Jesus. So when you have preachers pointing to what Christ has done, it makes you appreciate and embrace the eternal life of God in you. But if you don't have preachers preaching the fact that Jesus has paid for it, they will make you sin conscious. But Bible says the Holy Spirit on your inside will bear witness that your sins and iniquity, God will remember no more. So anytime you're living your day and you, you say what you're not supposed to say, you do what you're not supposed to do, you say, Father, I thank you because this sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus and I am still righteous by faith. Glory to God. That is what it means to really, really understand who you are in Christ. Or else, the compendium of your Christian work with God we be on father forgive me lord the sin i know the sin i don't know and you become so sin conscious that you are the one now condemning yourself you don't need the devil anymore <laughs> you have the gift of no condemnation it's a gift that came through the death burial and resurrection of jesus because somebody nailed your condemnation he nailed sin to the cross and he made you the righteousness of god the more you hear teachings that talks about your new nature in christ the more you begin to realize that sin has been paid for. God wants you to just enjoy relationship with him. He took care of sins so that you just have what they call eternal access, eternal freedom in Christ Jesus. So the good news one more time, when you read Psalm 103 that says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, forget his benefit. Or when you sing that song, remember that the number one benefit he was talking about is the forgiveness of sins. That is the crux of the gospel. That is the gospel Paul preached. That is the gospel Peter preached. Through this man, the forgiveness of sin is preached unto you. Whosoever believes in him receives total forgiveness of sin, something the law of Moses cannot do for you. That is the punchline of Paul's teaching. That is the punchline of Peter's teaching when he was preaching to Cornelius in that chapter 10. This is the gospel. Forgiveness of sins. And if you're listening to this, you're not born again, or you, you do not have the life of God in you, all you need to do is just to believe that Jesus paid for your sins. Jesus did not die for the sins of the Christians. He died for the sins of the entire world. So that means if you believe that he died today for your sins, automatically again, all your sins will be forgiven past, present, and future. 
and then you are made righteous and you receive the life of god it's just one decision and that's all you are not going to be born again, 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 again. It's not that like you're born again, you fall into sin, you, you be born again. No way. All of those things, that's religiosity. You are playing religion. You are born again once, you are forgiven once and for all. When you fall into sin, you say, Lord, this sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. I'm so grateful, Father. I am still righteous by faith in Jesus' name. That is an healthy way to live your Christian life. Or else, the enemy will make you bound to sin consciousness. And when you are bound to Conscious of sin. Oh Lord, I'm sorry about this. Lord, the, the sin of permission, the sin of my father, the sin of trans, transfusion. You it messes up your Christian work. You are supposed to be conscious about your righteousness. Not you are not supposed to be sin conscious. But places where they don't teach about the righteousness of God, they make sin a series. They should be teaching you the righteousness of God. What should they should make a series is how you're righteous in Christ. But if, if a preacher is not preaching righteousness, they will be preaching sin. They will be making you conscious of sin. A preach of the new covenant should make you conscious of your righteous identity in Christ. The Bible says he has made us able ministers of the new covenant. And in the new covenant, it is not to tell you what is wrong with you. It is to tell you what is right with you because of what Jesus has done for you. Glory to Jesus. It's been an awesome time. Father, we thank you. Thank you because there's nothing more beautiful than getting to know that the price is paid. And we want to shout this over and over until the whole world hears that the price has been paid. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let this mind be in us that we have completely forgiven past, present, and future so that we can live a life that, that is full of full assurance of faith. We can call you anytime, talk to you anytime without insecurity, without condemnation. That is what you want us to enjoy, relationship. Let this mind be in every one of us to the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name, I will pray. And let God people say, Amen. So keep, keep this to heart. You are completely forgiven. You are not trying to be forgiven. The more you understand you're forgiven, it changes everything about your life. I mean everything. And this is the reason why, if you don't even know you're completely forgiven, to forgive the people around you will be hard. Will be really hard. If you know anybody who works in, who doesn't, is always angry at people, doesn't want to forgive people, that guy needs teaching about how forgiven he is in Christ. Because Paul started preaching in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 4 and Colossians chapter 3. He started teaching that forgive one another even as God in Christ forgave you. You can't forgive people around you. You can't forgive your family, your spouse, your children, the people around you until you fully start knowing that you're completely forgiven past, present, and future. Forgiveness becomes a fruit. You can't love the people around you until you know God loves you unconditionally, that God doesn't love you based on what you do, but he loves you because of who he is. Not based on your faith, but based on all these things. When you know this truth about God, it affects your relationship with people positively. So you are forgiven. You are justified. You are sanctified. You are holy. You are righteous. You are a saint. That's how God sees. Don't believe anything otherwise. Just begin to enjoy your liberty in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. All these teachings are recorded for free. You can listen to them online. I have over 700 other teachings online you can feed on. If you're connected on YouTube, there are over 200 other content you can feed on. If you're connected on Facebook, there's over 200 content you can feed on. If you're connected on, if you're listening to this by audio, there are over 700 content you can listen to on any platform you're listening to this teaching right now on audio. My point is you can just keep enjoying the grace of God. Just keep feeding on the love of God. Glory to God. It's been an awesome time. I'll see you tomorrow, this same time. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Amen.
If you have been blessed by this message, we invite you to partner with us to send the gospel of God's love to all nations. Send us an email on truespiritualitynetwork at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms, True Spirituality Network on both Facebook and Instagram, T-Spirituality on Telegram, and Akimika on YouTube. So cash up with all our podcasts, search for Akimika on all major platforms, including Spotify, audio mark and anchor as you feed on god's love for you allow his love to cast out every fear and remember it's not about you it's all about jesus Mm -hmm.